He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. The young people, we all want to contribute, right? We talked about it when, when I was interviewing you, where you were almost crying out for development opportunities. You wanted to, to learn about the business. You wanted to grow. And it was promised over and over and over again. You never got it. So you left. I wanted to do the same thing. I wanted to contribute. I wanted to feel like I was doing something great, you know, and it doesn't happen all the time. So I think it's, it's just a different mindset of, of the yeah. young generation that we're not necessarily just going to bow our heads down for 30 years and collect our 401k and, you know, wait for the, the, the time to, to run out. Like, yeah, that may work for some people, but there's a level of opportunity that we have that other generations just simply didn't have. We have too many choices to just accept the status quo. Welcome to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast where we discuss all things hospitality, hotels, and business. You can find us online at slicktalkthepodcast.com and on every podcast listening platform. All right, everybody, welcome back to Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and today is a pretty special day. Like, we're kind of doing a little podcast collab over here, and um, I got my friend Kyle from Hospitality MD, the podcast itself. Um, He's a host of his own show. He's a hospitality and hotel expert and enthusiast, loves the industry with nothing but heart and passion so kyle my friend i'm so excited to have you on the show we've been doing some collabs on in the club you know clubhouse um but finally to have you on the podcast is a true honor it is my pleasure to be here thank you so much for having me uh i guess this is like being on joe rogan's show except hospitality right (laughs) yeah and this time we don't have like joints and shrooms and whiskey you know damn it that's what i thought i was showing up for (laughs) maybe i need to start incorporating that into the podcast i'm just kidding (laughs) just kidding all my all my listeners i'm just joking um but no thank you so much for uh again being on uh this is like a joe rogan elon musk type episode we're just gonna be uh really collaborating and just talking ideas but um, I love just jumping right into your origin. Tell us, um, I'm, I was caught off guard at first because like I thought I was young in the industry, but then like hearing you and your age and like your experience, um, you're young, but well like thought out and intentional and just have like a cool story. So I really want to hear what you, uh, where you started, how you got into it and uh, what kind of like led you to the path the way that you're in now. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I'm going to try and make it quick. If I speak too long, just cut me off. Um, <laughs> but I'm 23 years old now. Uh, I feel like hospitality has been a part of my life genuinely for as long as I can remember. Um, my mom is a flight attendant with United Airlines. She has been for 38, 39 years now. Uh, and they're trying to get her to retire now because of COVID. They're like putting out all these deals that she can take. But she still keeps, she's holding on right now because she just doesn't want to stop flying. She wants to have that closure, right? So I got my hospitality kind of from my mom, I think, and being able to go with her to work sometimes and like just be a passenger on the plane, fly to Hawaii, uh, and then lay over for like 30 hours and hang out and then fly back. Stuff like that is kind of what laid the foundation for me. Um, and that there's a inexplicable 
kind of obsession that I began to have with hotels, very specifically hotels, but also hospitality and tourism at, uh, in a broad sense from a very young age. And I think it was, it's rooted in just the marketing and the branding and the feel that you get, because like, you know, I, I would remember even just take United, for example, the, um, George Gershwin Rhapsody in Blue that became like part of their just sensory experience of, of flying on the plane and, and, and all that kind of stuff that just became really just mesmerizing to me. And, and as a kid, I would uh, see, be, I was just starting to learn and be able to discern different brands like mid-scale, upper mid-scale economy, like all this stuff I was just thinking about like as a young kid. And I just loved it. And I love staying in hotels, always fascinated, fascinated by it. And when I was like six years old, I actually turned my home into a hotel for my parents, uh, daily housekeeping service, in-room dining options. Like they must've been pleased that I was finally <laughs> cleaning up something. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of how I got my start. Like literally I, um, there's, maybe I'll, I'll send you some pictures afterward of like actual like in-room dining menu that I like scribbled out and like left in my parents' room as like a six-year-old. So I'll, I'll send you that. But so that's kind of like my unofficial start. Um, I started out in the hotel industry when I was 17. It was time for me to get a job. Uh, and I applied to work at the, um, well, actually my mom applied for me. So mm. I didn't even she knew that I was going to enjoy it before I did. My subconscious obsession over the years had kind of faded with like high school and extracurriculars and stuff. But she remembered, she applied for me to work at the resort around the corner from my house and got a call from HR, had no idea what she was talking about, but said, yes, I'll come in for an interview. And, um, you know, I met at my interview for my first hotel job, my current podcast producer and business partner, Greg. He was mm. my first front office manager. He hired me with no more experience than a paper route um, to work at this 310 room uh, resort. Um, wow. Yeah, so we've been riding or dying for a long time. Uh, Can and, I ask you before before yeah. you go in, from, from the kid's standpoint, I'm, I'm really curious, like, because you asked me a similar question on your show and what what fascinated you so much about the hotel like vibe or ambiance so much as a kid like what because most kids i don't know i've i've seen like i always give my nieces like a hard time be like oh my gosh stay at this hotel and they're like okay cool like what you should be so amped up to stay at a hotel um so like what for you like what was that um I, I have recently started like developing this idea that at some point I want to talk about, but it's like this crescendo of like the travel experience, if you will. Um, and, you know, it starts with you like the night before even like, we'll just start there where you have kind of anxiety and you're ramping up and you just feel like, oh, I can't sleep. I'm so excited. And you get up and you rush and you're, you're going to the airport. And for me being from Chicago and being a child of a United flight attendant, which mm -hmm. hub is at O'Hare airport in Chicago, as you're, you're riding up to O'Hare in the car, there is these like uh, speed, not bumps, but they're kind of like uh, little ridges that go like when you drive over them. And just oh, yeah. for some reason, I remember like, being in the car, super excited, 
looking out the window, the Hilton O'Hare Airport is there. It's kind of foggy out and you're just going and all these bzz, 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 and you're driving and it's all this, this sensory overload is building up and you do it and then you go through the airport and you feel important because you're seeing a bunch of business travelers walking around and then you get to the hotel and you, you go to your room and everything is clean and you sleep in a bed that's not yours and you get to go down for breakfast. And, you know, like my dad, for example, never seen this man eat breakfast once <laughs> at his own home in mm -hmm. like 20 years, never seen him eat breakfast at a hotel. He's first up in the morning, eating breakfast, ready to go. Like that's the kind of stuff that a hotel will turn you into doing. You do stuff yeah. that you're not going to do at home. And I don't know if I have a conscious, like, thought that like yes as a six-year-old this is why i loved hotels um but it just has to do with the feeling is really the most yes. i can say and the that anticipation anticipation yeah. kind of rising and falling action of travel and um and the hotel was just always the most important part of it for me yeah no that's super cool sorry i just had to figure that out i was like what, what was the aspect that got you so excited as a kid? But I think the anticipation is a really good, a really good descriptor. Um, so continue on. I didn't mean to cut you off, but like you met Greg, your business partner, uh, podcast producer, front desk manager that hired you on the spot with no experience. What happened from there? Yeah. So I basically, this is, you know, I was in high school at the time and a few months after starting, uh, I became front office supervisor and, um, you know, the way that the hotel was kind of restructuring at the time there, it was one salary department head. And then, um, there were me and one other supervisor. So I was, you know, 17, 18 years old going to school in the morning and then going straight from school, throwing my suit on and going into the hotel for PM MOD shifts. You know, we were sold out. I was walking people, um, just whatever it was, it was, it, and that was just like the, the intoxication of working in an operations environment. Um, so I, I did that throughout high school. I left and I was told that I needed to go to college. So I did for like eight months and I didn't, I worked at a, a Marriott hotel, full service Marriott hotels and resorts, um, which was kind of like the market leader uh, in, in the college town area. There was a 50,000 square foot convention center attached to it. And this was in the middle of Coralville, Iowa. So it was mm -hmm. a pretty big deal surrounded by La Quintas and Comfort Inns and all stuff yeah. like that. So I worked there, it was 286 rooms. Uh, throughout college, I told my boss, just, I don't have a school schedule, just put me down whenever you need me to. And that was kind of what I did. I was just out there working and drinking uh, was basically <laughs> my, my schedule and routine when I was there. So that obviously didn't last long. I couldn't sustain that forever. So I said, I'm leaving, I'm dropping out. I'm going back to Chicago to play with the big dogs. Um, I took the first job I could get as a housekeeping supervisor at the 368 room embassy suites by Hilton Chicago downtown. It's my first Chicago property, first time in housekeeping. Um, just learned a lot from there and, um, you know, got to work with the, in a different department, got to work with uh, just being in a, I was the only male in the department beside the couple of housemen. Um, and I 
learned how to speak some good hotel Spanglish in that time, you know, while I was there and it was fun. And then Greg actually would, um, we had separated paths, but he had a position open at a hotel he was at. And I actually took a step down and became a front desk agent again after a couple mm. of years of not being that. Uh, but it was my first four diamond boutique hotel. Uh, so I said, okay, let me do this. And, you know, within three months, I was a front office supervisor. Um, within six months, I was an assistant front office manager. That was at the Witt Hotel in Chicago. Then I left. I was a front office manager at the Drake in Chicago, 535 rooms, um, 100 years old, kind of the grand dame of Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um pretty iconic property. And while I was there, I was able to do task force director of rooms at the Hilton Oakland airport and uh, just 360 rooms task force front office manager at the 1200 room Hilton San Diego Bayfront. Um, Then I became the first front office department head for the, um, and this is like well, I'm 20, 21 years old, by the way, as well, which is all pretty crazy when, when I think back on it. But then I became the first front office department head for the nation's first and Chicago's only triple branded hotel connected to the largest convention center in the Western Hemisphere, which is McCormick Place in Chicago. So that was 466 rooms, three property management systems, three unique brands, just interesting property. All in one, yeah, one front desk, but you have three elevator banks with different like logos above the elevator banks and each, wow. it was like different towers, but they were all connected, so to speak. So that was interesting. Um, and then from there, I went back to the WIT uh, to be the front office manager there. Um, this was right before the pandemic started and I worked through, um, you know, the first few months of the pandemic uh, my hotel got destroyed by rioters after George Floyd passed away. And then I found myself without a job. And now I do hospitality MD full time. Now, my first question to you to kind of tail back, there's a, you've, you've got a lot of experience <laughs> in all those different realms, which is super cool. Uh, but when you were in high school, you were 17 and you had your first job with Greg. How did it feel to be kind of like, what was the atmosphere like and maybe just everything being the young, you know, supervisor when people maybe older than you, because I've experienced this as well. I was a very young supervisor, then became manager with people that were a lot older than I am and a lot, you know, or maybe more experienced. They've been in the industry maybe a little bit longer on property, a little bit longer than I was. Um, How'd that, how'd that go for you? This is a good question. Um, I don't think I really was fully aware of some of the judgment that I was receiving at the time by some some other people in the hotel. Um, because some people judged me, but others didn't um, because I actually walked the talk a lot of the time. Like I was there, I was run like I was running the hotel and I was, you know, just doing a good job. It was really a natural fit. Honestly, it really, I really felt like I had hit my stride. I found my purpose. I knew I belonged in hotels and I think others saw that as well. And those who didn't, uh, there's actually a couple of people I can think of in particular who now, uh, consume hospitality MD content. And they actually are supporting now because they saw, okay, you know, this kid who, 
you know, maybe they thought I was all that and I was, yeah. you know, too cocky or whatever. Uh, but now they're like, okay, he's actually sticking with it. It's not just some, you know, fling for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, there was a little bit of, of judgment from some peers, but, and I didn't have a track record yet because it was my first job, but yep. my track record was built every day by doing the right thing and advocating for the guests and for the, for the team that I was working with. Uh, that's awesome because I, I I literally look at your story and I think of exactly the same thing of mine. It's like, dang, yeah, like there was those people, but now they're listening to Slick Talk and they're like, hey man, like we we loved working with you at the hotel, blah 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 blah. And one of these people was actually my manager at FOM, who's one of my best friends now, Eric, who hired me. He was like, ah, you ain't gonna stay in hotels, you ain't gonna stay in hospitality, but here we are. So I think it's super cool that you have like very similar background. Um, it's, it's interesting to see that. And like my, my, another question to you would be when did hospitality MDB come like a thing? Like when did that, like, tell us the creation of the podcast. Cause I have another couple questions for you regards to your yeah. background and your experience. Yeah. The podcast creation took place in the midst of all my hotel experience. Uh, when I was actually at the wit for the first time after Greg had recruited me to work with him yet again, um, I think he had just been listening to too much Gary V or something. And was like, <laughs> let's start a podcast. And he, uh, he said, you know, yeah, he, he was like, I want to start a podcast with you. Let's do one about hospitality. I said, boom, I'm in. It was actually, it was Greg's idea to start it. Um, I'm proud to have come up with the name, uh, logo and, um, slogan, because I think it's just killer. I know I'm biased, but I just love it. Uh, I don't know why I came up with it necessarily. Um, like hospitality MD, it's like hospitality medical doctor. I think kind of just, I, I don't know if I was fully conscious of it at the time, but just like, let's just serve the industry. Let's prescribe solutions for whatever problems are taking place. Um, you know, see what our diagnoses are for what's going on and then and then make it happen so um we did hospitality md it actually started out in youtube form we were actually doing like multi-cam well-produced on location interviews with different hoteliers in chicago um, which started out really really well um like our first interview got like 800 views like pretty mm. quickly um and and we, we had some good momentum kind of starting out. The problem was we both worked in the same department at the same hotel um, during the peak revenue years of the post 2008 recession hotel industry. Yeah. And uh, doing these uh, in-person on location interviews, not only for just Greg and I to be in the same room at the same time, but then for that to also simultaneously work with another hotelier who's actively working uh, became just damn near impossible. So Hospitality MD has had that peak and then it had a valley and then we started doing it again in 2019. And we started using stuff like Zoom, Squadcast to just do virtual interviews. We focus more on the podcast side. and then we dipped slightly again when the pandemic hit and we were both on the skeleton crew at the same hotel yet again. Yeah. Uh, and it was just nothing else, nothing mattered. It was just like depression and like just working in the hotel and like all that kind of stuff. But then when we got, we both got let go from our hotel jobs and 
you know, we said, let's, we have something here. So let's just keep doing it. Um, and, and now I, I'm happy to say that it's gone from just a hobby that we didn't really take seriously to something that we really care about now and has become a, you know, not that it wasn't a passion project before, because it's always been enjoyable, but it's become uh, something that we're both very proud of. Yeah, I, I love it, man. I love the story. I think it's super cool. And just like, I think the, the fact that we can say that as podcasters, so like first, I, I think you would agree that we're pretty much podcasters first, and then we're hospitality experts or consultants or advisors or whatever, entrepreneurs second. Um, not that they don't coincide, they do. But the podcast is very strong on the and the forefront. Uh, to say that we've made it this far through a, a pandemic uh, says a lot, I would say. Um, so I just want to give you a kudos to that. And I know you're coming up, or you actually had your third birthday, third year birthday as a, a podcast, right? Well, we had like our third birthday of like thinking about it, but our third birthday isn't until April. This may have been released maybe after our birthday. So belated okay. happy birthday to hospitality. <laughs> but uh, our, I think April 3rd is actually the day that we officially launched to the public for the first time. Okay. Awesome. Well, mine's in March, so we're good. We're, we're very close in this, like 2018. I forget the date, but I think we're, yeah, I understand that we're very close on the third year mark, which is exciting. I'm going to have to take you up on that uh, birthday hat. We're going to do like a live stream or something wearing <laughs> like cone heads or something to celebrate. <laughs> that would be awesome. I would love that. <laughs> um, but can I ask you a question now? Cause you got me, so you got me intrigued on a certain word that you're using when you're describing some of your positions so you were saying you're on task force yes. um, can you explain that to me because that's something i actually never heard um, other than from my military experience like being on a task force what was a task force position like for you in a hotel like can you explain that a little bit is that something that just happens in chicago or is this like or completely around me and i've just been completely blind uh I, you know it's definitely like a very prominent thing in the hotel industry. Um, but I imagine that it's very similar to your military experience in a lot of ways. And you can let me know if I'm right or wrong on that. But basically, um, I was working at home base at the time, which was the Drake Hotel, which is a Hilton corporate managed property. Mm -hmm. And within the Hilton corporate managed ecosystem, excluding any of the franchises, within that ecosystem, um, you can like put into like a, a, a portal. I don't know exactly how it works if you wanna request one, but you basically, you tell somebody you do something and you say, I need this position for this length of time. And um, basically like hotels, like the Drake, for example, if they want to like offload labor costs or mm. they don't need you and they want you to help out or also just for development opportunities, they can say, I've got somebody and orchestrate that. So I still get paid via the Drake hotel, but they bill it to Hilton Oakland airport or Hilton San Diego Bayfront as a way to not only offload labor costs, give me or whoever else is doing it a development opportunity and simultaneously um, uh, help out a property in need for their operations internally without disrupting, without, I guess, having to take the financial burden, the additional yeah. financial burden of using a third-party task force agency like Carver um, 
or, or any of the, the other guys who do that sort of stuff. No, that makes total sense now. So it's pretty much like a, a pool of people that are basically like, yeah, I'm down to get, be kind of like a, not a floater, but like when you guys need a hand, I'm willing to float over to that property and, and, and help out and do what's needed. Yeah, it, it's, it can, I guess it just depends on the organization. Like with, with my task force, I was just lucky because my director of front office was the, um, was like a liaison to like help orchestrate task force within the company. Um, so she just asked, like, I was one of four front office managers at the Drake. Um, and she would just ask us like first, like, you know, Hey, do you want, if you guys want to go, I never turned down an opportunity to go on task force. I thought it was going to yeah. take me literally, I was there. And three weeks later I was on task force. Like I wasn't even onboarded yet at the Drake and I was already going out to uh, Oakland, California. <laughs> that's so cool so you could literally go anywhere in the world it wasn't just like in chicago it was actually anywhere inside the u.s or yeah i i don't know if i believe it was limited to your region like north america or uh europe mm -hmm. or wherever you were from but um like i got to go to california twice once to oakland once to san diego um and uh like a colleague of mine i was actually Super. I watched her cat when she went and uh, she got to go to the uh, Conrad, New York, uh, Man Midtown Manhattan, I think. Um, wow. And she got to work there. I thought that was cool. Like everybody gets like, there's just so many cool opportunities, especially like within Hilton corporate to go to other corporate managed properties. So as much as I didn't fully vibe with the corporate atmosphere, yeah. I wouldn't trade it because I got some great task force opportunities. Uh, and, you know, when you add those together, I think I've now can say that I worked at nine hotels in four different states. That's pretty incredible. And that builds one hell of a resume for sure. Yeah. I'm like, my resume is like kind of getting a little bit long now. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, good thing you got the podcast. That's for sure. Um, dude. So let's, I want to dive into something a little bit just because, um, not that we don't get to cover it a lot on this, on the show, but I think this is something that's personally been resonating with me and we kind of already brought it up is that, we, you know, we've made it through the pandemic and I'll quote unquote made it through. Um, but, you know, we're pretty young in the industry. And so going into the aspect of entrepreneurism or uh, just hospitality as a whole, um, what, what do you think young people like us, why do you think there's not as many people trying to get in at a young age. Um, do you have any thoughts on this topic of like young hoteliers? Because I have a couple of thoughts. I've shared them on the show. Um, I'm, I've changed, I wouldn't say changed my mind, but I'm getting a little bit more optimistic as the future's, uh, you know, coming, uh, you know, uh, on the horizon um, for this, this segment of hospitality where it's getting young people excited to be in. But I'm just kind of curious to hear your thoughts. Yeah, I'm actually you know, equally curious to hear yours as well. Cause today there's a few hours where I was in a clubhouse and it was called welcoming the new generation of hospitality. I saw that. And they were, yeah, it was, it was, I came in kind of toward the end, but they were talking about college students, right. And graduates and how they can be kind of garnered into the industry a little bit. And I didn't go to hospitality school. I dropped out of college after six months and really never went to class anyway so like I don't yeah. want to speak on the college experience but what I can say is I've worked 
if we're talking, let's just talk about the big brands for a second. You have these like management development and manager and training programs. So what they do is they take a college student who more than likely was just like hospitality is my major, like cool. Like, and, and they give you a discipline. You can choose, you know, revenue management, finance, front office, housekeeping, F and B, et cetera. So let's just take a front office manager and training for a brand. You do this six to nine month internship essentially. And then they place you in a mid-level management position at a 500 plus room, more than likely a hotel within their corporate ecosystem in an urban environment or in, in an environment that is kind of more high profile. So you have somebody who's probably 22 years old, not gonna, you know, I don't wanna downplay my peers here in age, but you have a 22 year old who, uh, is now expected, let's take this 22-year-old who is in a front office development program, who's now expected to effectively manage, in some cases, a 20 or 30-year tenured unionized banquet uh, or, or door person or bellman or night auditor, whatever the case might be, right? And it's just not authentic because the hotel industry is they, they're viewing you in a lot of cases, if you, especially if you don't actually do anything to really prove yourself with the team, they're looking at you like you're not authentic, that you got handed this position and that you don't respect their institutional knowledge that you have because you're a young person, you come in, you want to change the world, you want to fix everything. That's me. I want to do that. Um, but you got to respect the people who are there. And they don't teach you that in any of these programs. They don't teach you grit. They don't, they don't explain any of that to you. So I think that's where a lot of people fail when they come into the industry is because the team will eat you up, especially if you're coming out of a, a program like that and in your, uh, you're going up against managing a 30-year plus tenured team who may be unionized in some aspects. And you really don't have any management foundation to build off of. So like when I was at the Drake, for example, I was, I experienced this firsthand and I found that with my background of having management positions and progressive experience from line level to supervisor, to assistant manager, to manager, and having multiple hotels under my belt, I found myself faring much better than a, you know, college graduate who just did it because hospitality is cool, right? And they wanted the glamour and everything. And, and they got a six month internship and then boom, salaried mid-level manager in a urban environment, 500 plus from a hotel. So there's that's one element of it that I think is a reason why people are, they're failing, they're set up for failure. And they don't they enjoy don't, They don't it. get the experience that we did. They didn't right. get thrown to the, the wolves when we had 600 check-ins plus on our second day on the job. Like you're, what you're describing is, in my opinion, is the overall aspect of their need, it's sweat equity. We talk about sweat yes. equity. We talk about like, you know, when it comes to business and brand equity, how important a brand plays into the type of revenues you're generating, the profit margins you're making, the you know, overall loyalty you're getting from your customers and your guests. Uh, these are same things, but just in the sense of a team, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I agree. Like the, right. It's, there's no grit. There's no authenticity. There's no sweat equity. And you're set up for failure as a result of that, because 
the the team just isn't going to receive you, especially if you're not equipped with the emotional intelligence to handle it because they don't teach you any of that. They really don't. So that's one reason I've seen people leave the industry quickly as a result of that. Um, I also think that young people, um, it's just, they, young people, and I'll say us, right? In this Doesn't aspect. say you don't say young people. I just turned 26, but does not mean I'm old. Okay. I'm still, no, young. you're, you're a young, <laughs> and I will say us, right. As a young person's community, Gen yeah. Z, um, even millennials, right. It's not, it's not cool necessarily, uh, to be, working for 14 hours a day on weekends when your girlfriend is trying to celebrate her best friend's birthday and she wants you to join her or vice versa. Like that's not ideal for somebody. Like it's, there's a, there's so many sacrifices and a lot of people are saying at what cost is being in the hotel industry specifically in operations. And I think they're, and, and then you add in like, you know, I recently read and reacted to the, the customer is not always right by food and wine. It was an article. And when you have rhetoric being perpetuated that says customer expect, and I quote, customer expectations are dangerous and are encroaching on our humanity, end quote. When you have stuff like that, if I'm a student and I'm looking at that or a young person, I'm not going anywhere near hospitality. I'm running away. So you talk about like all these the rights that that people have and they and that they want to have and you talk about the the sacrifices that people aren't willing to make to be in the industry that maybe some before them were and just as a generalized trend right because how many if you go into a housekeeping department and you look at who are your room attendants you're not seeing you know 19 20 21 22 typically you're more often than not going to see older ladies who have had to sacrifice to do that hard work and and vice versa if you go into a kitchen or mm-hmm. or whatever or even in mid-level management where you're in operations and it's hard work and it's long hours and it's not great pay um so i i definitely think that but that is playing a role into it but it's not necessarily the fault of the young people community right um i think the the young people we all want to contribute right we talked about it when when i was interviewing you where you were almost crying out for development opportunities you wanted to to learn about the business you wanted to grow and it was promised over and over and over again you never got it so you left i wanted to do the same thing i wanted to contribute i wanted to feel like i was doing something great you know and uh and it doesn't happen all the time so i think it's it's just a different mindset of of the yeah. young generation that we're not necessarily just going to bow our heads down for 30 years and collect our 401k and you know wait for the 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 time to to run out like yeah that may work for some people but there's a level of opportunity that we have that other generations just simply didn't have we have too many yeah. choices to just accept the status quo. And I think that's kind of what it comes down to ultimately. I know that was long-winded, but no, uh, that's kind of where I, I think the state of affairs is for young people in the industry. Well, I love that you brought it back to the time on your show, like reaching out for opportunities, never getting it. But it's not even that, it's being able to apply what you are learning at an active level 
and like high pace scale. I think like I loved the learning aspect on the job, but I wasn't able to be like, hey, I see this is kind of a headache for us all the time. How can we find ways to fix this? How can we make this better for the team? So that way, when we keep running into this issue, we stop running into it and we have more free time for the guest. Like, when are we right. like, and and I think that was what's frustrating and you're going to laugh and I know you've probably heard this, but how many times did you ask a question, maybe not, not to like Greg or anybody, but to maybe a director of ops or a regional director or whoever, a GM, like, why do we do this? Or what's this for? How can we make this system better? Um, can you explain to me why we have a channel manager and a PMS and all these things on different platforms? Why is nothing centralized, et cetera, et cetera? I can go on. Then the answer you got was, well, it's how it's always been the last 20 years. This is how we've always done it. How many times did you right. get that? Uh, I'd be retiring right now if I had a nickel for every time I was told that. But like for real, man, like that's there is a, a tradition right in the hospitality and hotel industry. Like the oldest story in the book, like Mary and Joseph showing up at the inn and they were sold out and they were walked to the they were relocated <laughs> to the barn. Yeah. Like lodging has been done the same way. It's a transaction. You pay us for the room, we give you a key. And that's the extent of the innovation that's been had, and I'm speaking very generally, for generations. Um, and I also think that there was a time back in the day, this is before my time, but there was a time that it was okay for GMs to just yell at you and scream at you. Like there was just that Hell's Kitchen style of management yeah. was very popular for a long time. And, uh, which I'm shocked in a hospitality industry. It's like, uh, hello, do you not know what industry we're in? The irony, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think that we're just not really willing to put up with that anymore, uh, because we just have too many, too many choices. And, um, you know, and then when you want to start talking about the innovation and it's just, there's always an excuse. There's always a, just a level of apathy about it because revenue is great. So we don't have to innovate because the guests yeah. are still coming. And now we know that the guests will just simply stop showing up. I don't think anybody really understood that hotels can kind of across the board be at like two, 3%. Like we know this now. So yeah. there's no excuse um, not to innovate. Yeah. Well, no, you, you make a ton of good points and I love this conversation too. Like, yeah, this is something, I, yeah. I'm, we just never get really to do this on the show. So it's really cool. Um, but I wanna, I wanna do like a small backstory. So I'm gonna do a shout out to an audience member who's actually reached out and told me her story. Uh, Sunny, if you're listening to this, hello. I hope you're enjoying the episode. Uh, but she is in hot, uh, hotel school. She's in hotel school in Chicago. I don't know all, all the details, but we talked about now and we, I want people to, who are listening to this to not think we're dogging on the, ho the hotel school route. It's not a bad route to go, especially if you're a very curious person, you maybe want to tip your toe in to see if you even like hotels and hospitality and all this other stuff. Um, so I'm not dogging on it. I think it's a route that, you know, if you want to go that way, go for it. But I preferred the route that I went just because I think I learned so much um, on the spot, on the job training, just like you did. But Sunny asked me a question in our conversation that we had, and it was going to how she asked, literally, how can us, the student of a hotel school, bring value 
especially when we're in the middle of a pandemic where no one's hiring, they have no occupancy, they have no revenue coming in. How can we bring value to an industry that we're falling in love with and haven't even experienced yet? So like, how can like, and that to me was a deep, deep question. And so I'm going to throw this to you because I think we, you and I as younger people, people that maybe didn't go the college route or whatever can think of, you know, what would you have done if you were in that shoe? in that position. I just got chills, by the way. Um, Sonny, great question. You're going to school in Chicago. I live in Chicago. Let's talk about it sometime, really. Um, Because the fact that you're reaching out to um, Will and asking these kind of questions is just, that's a great place to start, in my opinion. Just talking to people, networking. I love it. Let's meet up. Um, If If you guys get coffee, please Zoom me virtually zoom me in yes absolutely absolutely we certainly will um so right so you're you're in school right and the industry is decimated you love the industry but you feel like it's just you you're you don't have any experience what are you going to do with nobody's going to hire me how can we provide value and it's i can imagine that you feel totally lost and even people who had been in um senior and C-suite level positions with in brands and management companies have felt the same exact way you have now. So don't think that you're alone in your thoughts because you don't have any experience. Don't think that you're alone because you're a student because this is a this is actually one of the events that has bound the industry together um, probably closer than any event in history. It is the worst crisis on record for the hotel industry, but it's also the first time that, as an example, we've seen sweeping brand standards be implemented across the industry in a matter of weeks, and it's bound the industry very, very tightly. So you are a part of this industry, even if you don't feel like it. So keep that in mind. To answer your question, I feel that personal branding is key in this. So you're a student and you may feel like I don't have any experience. I don't have anything to of value, but you do because you're entering the industry during this crisis. You're seeing it through a lens that's unique because I'm sure there's a dichotomy between the theory that you're learning in school versus the actualized um, um, kind of ecosystem that is existing in the industry at the moment. So you might be seeing some discrepancies and have an opinion on that. Share it. Tell us your opinion on a wide scale. I mean, I'm here. I want to go talking like Gary V, but get out your phone and do a selfie, right? And say, hey guys, I think this is what I learned in school. This is what I'm seeing. And this is my opinion on it. Get on LinkedIn, keep talking to Will, you know, hit me up, like talk to people, network, share your opinion, talk to your classmates about it, talk to your professors, just uh, become a hospitality philosopher while you can and share your opinions. Like you don't need to have, like right now, Will nor myself are working in hotels at the moment. But I would say that both Will and myself are more deeply entrenched in the hospitality industry than I've ever been. And I can maybe speak on your behalf as well, right? So you don't have to be a uh, front office supervisor and as a student in college and like feel like you're really just killing the game. Like 
become an advocate, participate in the conversation, get on Clubhouse, speak your truth, and um, just just don't don't retreat, move forward, right? Don't retreat, don't give up like the, whatever you were feeling in the moment that you wrote that message that gave both of us chills to will, whatever mindset you were in, keep that and keep moving forward. So that's kind of my response to Sonny there. I love it. And I just, my, my thing is that I think, you know, that excuse of this is how we've always done the last 20 years. This is how it's always been. Um, That Maybe as a hotel student, if you were coming in with ideas and a different lens and a different perspective, that you, all of that would have been shut down. But now is actually the perfect time to actually start saying, hey, I'm seeing this. This is what I've learned in school. This is what I'm seeing like through podcasts or through YouTube shows or through this and this and like actual like press releases from po- hotel companies. This is what, like this is an idea. What do you guys think? And now people are going to be more receptive. And I think, like you said, this is now, I think this is the time that hotel students can really revolutionize uh, like kind of that next generation thing. Like they could really start being like, all right, this is our time. Like, let's come in and let's just like, let's really embrace it for what it is and be willing to learn. Let's learn, let's fail, let's succeed, let's do it. Like, let's just get like, and now's the time to get our feet wet. And um like you said, I think it, you, this has unified the industry in so many ways. Um, seeing the same unification and the vacation, rent, uh, the vacation rental side, and like hotels in general, and brands and standards, and young people being embraced by the industry, and hopefully more after we recover. But yeah, I love what you said. I think you had such a good uh, response. And Sunny, if you are listening, which I'm pretty sure you are, because she did a lot of research before our, our conversation. Um, thank you so much for giving us this like ability to create this conversation uh, in general. So I just, I thought Kyle, like when you were talking, I didn't even have this plan for the episode. But as you were talking, I was like, I kept thinking of that conversation with her. And I was like, yeah, I think this is like the episode that Kyle and I need to like address this on because it was- like I actually, a- I like that you brought it up too. And it's actually a really good idea for just like podcasting in general, just like taking questions from people and, and talking yeah. about it. But like Sonny, we just- spoke about your idea like I'm not saying that we're all that I'm saying that like you're already a part of the conversation Sonny like you're already involved next time we'll just have you here like the third the third person in the conversation and we'll all talk about it together because yeah your voice matters so I love that man yeah no I definitely think we need to do more um like comments and stuff from the audience and and just people that have been following the show. It's been super encouraging. I had one similar from a guy from Greece named Tony, like so much cool stuff happening. And so um, you just like hearing you talk, Kyle, just really got me like, oh yeah, I should bring this up. Cause I think you, I was like, if any guest to be throwing this one at, 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 on the show, you were the guest to throw it at. So I thought it was, it was a great response, my man. Um, man, dude, there's so much more that I want to like talk to you about and ask you about like, we're getting close to that, like ticking minute of, of the episode, but I guess where can, where can we find you? Cause I, you're doing a lot of the same content. Like you're having deep intentional conversations like this on your podcast. So I really want to give everyone the opportunity to, to hear you and to like figure out where to find more. Where can they do that? Yeah, absolutely. And thank you by the way, for the opportunity to, uh, to kind of shout out a little bit. So 
you should find me on LinkedIn, number one. So you can see kind of like my personal content. I, I do a lot of the hospitality MD stuff, but also my own stuff. So Kyle Allison, it's very easy to find me there. I've got a pineapple hospitality MD logo behind me. Uh, so definitely find me there. You can learn more on hospitality MD's website, www.hospitality-md.com. We are on YouTube. Give us a subscribe. Um, by searching Hospitality MD, just find us everywhere, man. Solo.to slash Hospitality MD. That's actually all the links in one place. <laughs> I haven't, uh, haven't really uh, been advertising that too much, but that's an easy way to do it. So definitely find us everywhere. Uh, I Anybody who's like a sunny-esque person who just wants to talk about hospitality, like I think, uh, you know, I encourage you to reach out to Will because he's a man of the people, but I also um, am always down to talk shop with anybody who wants to talk. I love that. And I'll make sure that I get that solo link from you. So that way I can get down the show notes for everyone. Uh, but dude, it's just been super, like I, I definitely see a part two in our future on Slick Talk. So don't, don't think this is the last time because I rarely like not in the sense of like I don't like to have second uh, appearances but it's like a rare thing I, the, the podcast this format is a little bit different than a couple others but I definitely see a part two and you joining that list is of, of guests I've been on a second time it's a small list but I would definitely um, let's just say I see a part two, maybe a part three. I don't know. Maybe a whole new uh, podcast. I'm just kidding. But like, <laughs> wow, man, I, uh, I'm honored, bro, to be honest with you. I'll, I'll take a part two any day. I, yeah, I just like you, I feel like we're just getting started, right? We're just kind of, yeah. we're getting into the conversation, but I know I can ramble, right? So here we go. I talked a whole hour away, but <laughs> we'll be doing a part two for sure. No, for sure, man. Well, I just appreciate you. Uh, Slick Talkers, please check out the show notes, Slick, or link them. Oh my gosh. Sorry. <laughs> They're going to be linked below. So you'll find them and uh, enjoy hospitality MD. You'll be seeing a lot more of them and a lot more of uh, slick talk content coming out your way. So Kyle, again, my friend, thank you so much for tuning in and jumping on the call with me. It's been super great. I can't wait to see you in the clubhouse uh, while we're doing the same thing on a daily basis. Long live hospitality. Thank you, man. Awesome. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening. We love your support and want to provide the best we can to all our listeners. So please find us online, social media, and on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. What's up, everybody? If you've gotten this far into the episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, then you are amazing. And thank you so much for tuning in. We want to send you two places really quickly. If you can, check out the show notes and click the hospitality.fm link. Check out all of our other shows on the podcast network. And don't forget, if you have someone that you want to hear on the podcast, then fill out the guest fill out form so that way we can get them on the show. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy another episode of Slick Talk, the Hospitality Podcast. Podcast.